This Bonfire Side Chat Appendix is brought to you by Dan Hall. Dan, 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 Dan. And what did Dan do to get this rousing song written about him? Well, in short, Dan, 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 Dan. Dan is one of our patrons on Patreon.com. And, you know, because he went to Patreon.com forward slash DuckFeedTV, got cool rewards, agreed to give us a modicum of money each month, but to support us, which we really appreciate, and uh, got a bunch of cool stuff and got our undying appreciation and got mentioned here. And that's super sweet mm-hmm. little tune. <laughs> yeah, that, that's gratis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now everybody's going to expect this. <laughs> yeah, nope. <laughs> Only Dan Hall. Yeah. So it's very much appreciated. And if you're interested in uh, checking out those sweet rewards and helping us keep doing this thing, that is patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Slash Dan. <laughs> slash Dan. Dan, 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 Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. My name is Murph. And this is a Bonfireside Chat Appendix. It is a Cursed Second Favorite. Mm-hmm. And this week we are reading your responses to uh, Huntsman's Cops and the uh, Undead Purgatory. However, we have some follow-up to get through at the beginning. Thank you so much for sticking around, Murph. Oh, no problem. I don't know that we gave you an option. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usually that's a discussion. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's pretty late where you're at. We just kind of assumed. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm off tomorrow, so it's quite all right. But, you know, I'm just imagine Gary and Cole on a horse just chasing me around a circular room. <laughs> yeah. Or, or a horse with two heads. One of them is mine and one of them is Cole. <laughs> and then a nameless skeleton on our back. <laughs> Somebody draw that. It's <laughs> a good... You're just abusing your power now because you know if you say it, somebody will. I they they might not. Okay. It would be cool. It's, it's a lot to ask. Um, but the uh, yeah, the, one of my one of my friends in in high school, um, my friend Austin. He uh, I used to always draw him in a wetsuit riding a dolphin that had his dad's head, and like I thought it was super like, super super funny. And then like uh, his dad died, which not of like he didn't get killed by a dolphin or anything. Drowned. But, <laughs> He didn't drown being ridden by his son, but the uh, like, uh, it was just it was just weird because I remember like distinctly like having all these drawings around my room of like a, a dolphin with his head on it like days after the funeral. I just feel like that's weird. Oh, um, oh, good goal. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anywho, um, so in addition to just your responses, we also have your responses to our fucking up. Yeah, so, uh, so, so th- three, three distinct areas of us fucking up, which uh, led to an outpouring, uh, the likes of which we haven't seen uh, ever before. So if we don't call out any specific names on this, recognize that if you wrote it's in... It's everyone. <laughs> yes, yeah. it is everyone. Yeah, you guys all own this. It's, yeah. like, it's like a, um, what are they called, a class action lawsuit. <laughs> You filed against us. <laughs> the people versus bonfire side chat. Yeah. 
Uh, for mixing up two shitty fucking um (laughs) let's get started uh read what what happened what's shadowgate cole okay shadowgate uh well you know we put out the press release so not much more needs to be said (laughs) however at some point in the previous episode about the lost bastille um we conflated two two very similar movies dark man and the shadow uh starring uh, okay i was about to say respectively but i'm not sure which order they come in uh starring alec baldwin and uh liam neeson uh, specifically, I think the first response we got was from Samuel, our good old friend Samuel Bear, saying uh, Liam Neeson was Darkman, Alec Baldwin, uh, Alec Baldwin's superhero was uh, The Shadow. Both movies are ridiculous and awesome, so it's an okay mistake to make. Thank you. You were far more forgiving than most others. <laughs> well, no, nobody was like mad about it, but people were like very like insistent, and we did get more response than anything we've ever done. Like I think more people replied about that than listened to the show. Weirdly. <laughs> Like, people are telling their friends. Al uh, Baldwin's guys got on the horn. Got a lot of got rings on my doorbell. I, I just had an evoked, evoked memory where I owned a novelization, but like a child's novelization of the movie The Shadow. And I distinctly remember reading it and being like, man, this is a really cool movie. I've never seen it. <laughs> huh. Did you get it from a book fair? Tell me you got it from a book fair. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, definitely got it from a book fair. That's the primary source for for book adaptations of movies, <laughs> like that. That is where you get those. Hmm. Um, yeah, so, so sorry you messed those up. And it was uh, at first I was taking blame for it because I think I said it, but then Cole let me say it. Yeah, there's this weird like we 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 really own that one together. Yeah. Um, and Phil Kohler did no no part of it. Yeah, um, other than like having good enough taste in movies not to be able to correct us. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I, I did that's a Google, crime. I did a Google image search to verify the similarity between uh, uh, Dark Man and uh, <laughs> in those undead jailers. And I thought, oh, that's weird that the poster says Liam Neeson. <laughs> it's like, but I just let it go because I didn't want to be you know particular. They're they're not that dissimilar, even as actors. Um, In addition, um, this wasn't us getting called out so much, but I specifically asked, um, how the fuck do you get that item above uh, McDuff? And uh, a lot of people wrote in, and I went and actually did it on my own as well Mm -hmm. to get it. And it's super fucking hidden. Yeah, (laughs) Um, It's a a big soul and a shield, the Phoenix shield. Mm -hmm. And you get it um, through an area a little bit later where you can jump over to a torch yeah. Like this little island has a torch. You're like, oh, why did I jump all the way over here? This wasn't worth it. Um, because if you kind of dro- drop off onto the wall, you can follow this really long path and get to the shield, which is unremarkable, except that it um, is the first shield you can get that parries spells. Hmm. So yeah. if, if you do that kind of thing, <laughs> yeah. then, then, then this is the shield you want to get. Yep. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's basically the intro to get smart to get this thing. It's yeah, it's super hidden. Yeah, like uh, this is a, tr- a tricky item to get. But uh, yeah, thanks for everyone for letting me know how to do it. Because yeah, uh, the uh, yeah. And then in just kind of the last of this, we done fucked up kind of thing. Uh, we implied that you couldn't get the jailer's weapons, uh, the uh, the kind of crazy polearm rustic looking thing. Um, a couple of people wrote in saying, "Yeah, you can totally get that." Um, Alexander specifically says, "Hey guys, um, just a quick note: the jail guards that use pyromancy in the Lost Bastille can drop their weapon. I picked it up after using a bonfire aesthetic. It's called the Great Machete, um, and the consensus is that it is a garbage weapon because of its durability." Hmm. And, yeah. uh, and I was fairly convinced that you could not for for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly because I, I these guys running up to that. Um, the the uh, ruin sentinels, mm-hmm. the little ambush of the the mecha men. Yeah. Um, I despawned those guys and never had it drop, so I just assumed. Yeah, I just made an assumption. Mm-hmm. So. so we can put that behind us. We own it. We recognize we're humans. 
Just yep. please call off the dogs. Yeah, I recognize <laughs> it as well. Um, Murph, do you want to read um, uh, Kyrie's comment? Kyrie! <laughs> as Kyrie fell off a cliff, he yelled, I just wanted to mention that Strayed is played by Peter Merrickener. Merrickener. I'm terrible at names. Who also played Frampt in the first game. You can tell if you listen carefully. In my opinion, he delivers the best performance in the game. Hmm. Yeah. You can hear a little bit of that Frampt uh, kind of hamminess to it. Yeah. And it is a good performance. Yeah. Yeah. And too bad that room. mm, Yeah. Never mind. That room is. Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it's pretty easy just to despawn them. And rounding out our follow-up here, Emily Bracken writes in via the contact form saying, uh, there was recently a thread on Reddit regarding Belfry Luna and Belfry Soul. And there's a link that we'll put in the show notes um, talking about uh, our speculation on the lore around the, the Belfries. Um, if we meet Laddersmith Gilligan in Earth and Peak, he tells us a story about a princess who married a prince in a nearby castle, Iron Keep. Uh, but the heart of the prince belonged to another, so the princess uh, tried to make herself more attractive through poison, but turned into a monster instead. That poisoned princess is Mytha, and the prince in the nearby castle may uh, be the prince of Alcan, uh, whose tower, Belfry Soul, resides in the nearby Iron Keep. If true, this would mean the prince of Alcan is none, none other than the old Iron King, the husband of Queen Mytha. His skills at puppetry have his, his skills at puppetry have notably improved since his, uh, his creation of the Bellkeepers. This story becomes far more disturbing when you consider that Alkin and Ven were founded by the same man, which may make the Prince of Alkin and the Princess of Ven siblings. Forbidden love, indeed. Hmm. Yeah, huh. a, a lot of the, that same speculation um, shows up in that uh, Dave Klein video mm-hmm. that I linked. In the show notes for the the last one, yeah, um, yeah, he he kind of brings it up along with some other possibilities as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I I personally kind of don't like the the Prince of Alcan being the Iron King, right? Um, but it is possible, yeah, you know that he grew up. You know, sometimes you're a little boy and you want to be a big boy <laughs> until you turn into a big boy, and then, then you turn <laughs> yeah. into a demon. Yeah, then you turn into a demon boy <laughs> after you drink your your morning whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> my first thought was, uh, who makes themselves more attractive through poison? And then I was like, oh yeah, Botox. <laughs> yeah. Medusas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So yeah, thank you everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, if you end up having, um, you know, other corrections, please send them in duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Um, moving on to the responses about Huntsman's cops. Um, I'm going to start off with, uh, Gustavo J. Rivieras Gonzalez, um, <laughs> via Facebook or Riviera Gonzalez, not Rivieras. And uh, he says, uh, The Copes was the last of the branch areas I found, so fighting somewhat smart humanoid enemies that would occasionally backstab me was a refreshing change. Getting to the boss was an ordeal in itself, as I was still using the not-so-great greatsword. As for the <laughs> boss itself, well, I know Gary will gush his socks off, and I did. Uh, still, skeleton lords. Man, that shit is awesome. I was giggling like a ten-year-old until the bone wheels arrived. Funny that I was more afraid of a handful of bone wheels than of that black metal cover art album trio. Um, as for the purgatory, I was having some trouble with the boss until I used urine, baiting the skeletons to move as far away as possible with the side bonus of the boss stunlocking them in place made this fight a walk in the skeleton park. <laughs> Is that like a private park? Do you have to like pay to get in? Is it, you know, a membership kind of thing? Or? Skeleton park is frightening in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> Down in oh. the skeleton park. The Yeah. No. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, that's uh, mm. the, the, the urine trick. Um, 
I meant to try it this time, but I don't think I have a uh, high enough sorcery to do it. So, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) This urine is so good on a lot of bosses this time around. It's really weird. Mm -hmm. It's the, I don't know... What what the we one weird trick of Dark Souls two? <laughs> <laughs> one weird trick. Straight doesn't want you to know Vendrick about. Vendrick hates him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alex Sconzo via Facebook says, um, "Pretty sure every single person who played this game assumed the little skeletons in the Skeleton Lord fight were on some sort of timer and, uh, on their second and maybe third tries in the fight." Uh, so they rushed to murder the lords themselves and uh, would inevitably get crushed under the descending wall of skeletons. Yeah, um, <laughs> until you realize it is indeed a trap uh, that that does tend to be a, tend to be a thing. Well, this is this is another place where you can get trolled by your uh, your sun bros if they just go in there and just kill all the skeleton lords. That's <laughs> true. Right <laughs> quick. That'd be a great way to serve the skeleton lords. Like, <laughs> yeah, dro- dress up in the dark set, uh-huh. and then just go in there and spawn the skeletons, and then just stand in front of him and stop him from killing them. Yeah. Or you could you could straight up get the um, the life drain patch and start fighting the guy too. Um, I didn't think about that. Done. That's my gimmick. PvP veiled. Yeah. His life drain patch and fuckers dressed up as a skeleton. Yeah. No. Just uh, like to, like to do a series of uh, YouTube videos like Skelebro. Like, yeah, skeleton squire. Yeah. Oh man, skeleton citizenship skeleton, test. Skeleton lord, skeleton lad. Murph, what's Chase say? Chase says the skeleton lords take their place solidly as the second most metal thing in Dark Souls Two. The fight is fun solo, but going co-op makes it a blast, if maybe a little too easy. They are also the first thing I saw and immediately thought. Cole and Gary are going to love this. <laughs> also, and this may be more apropos of just funnin', I had a multiplayer story I wanted to share. I was doing some co-op in an upcoming arena, or excuse me, upcoming area, when I was summoned by someone in the full moon butterfly set. This would have, this would have been enough to make me smile, but with his pink hair, pale skin, and power stancing whips, he was clearly doing a theme build. Incidentally, if Bindleton is listening, excuse me. If Bindleton is listening, I'm sorry I fell to my death right before that boss. My bad. <laughs> oh, Bindleton. <laughs> no, Ben. <laughs> Forever bedraggled. <laughs> so he he might have encountered that uh the guy who put out that gimmick PVP video of the uh, the oh no he used the the it's the, the royal the royal guard yeah. the the staff. <laughs> mm. hmm. Cool. But even still, yeah, that that moonlight butterfly set is hilarious. That is great. What is that? It gives you it gives you jumping from standing still. And that's um, it, you, it. it gives you a bunch of horizontal from jumping, and then poisons everything around you. <laughs> so essentially, it turns Majula into a ghost town if you if you use it. Like, um, it's it's pretty great. It's also um, yeah. fun to look at. <laughs> it's it's hilarious to look at. The um, it's super good. The monarch. The, yeah. yeah, it is very it is very monarch. Um. <laughs> And there, and that would also be a good theme build. Like a lot of people are already doing it, but mm-hmm. specifically Monarch one would be cool. Yeah. Um, just Avalons. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you, Chase. Yeah. Uh, Paul says via contact. 
Uh, PC players should be aware of a bug that affects some areas, some enemies in this area. For some reason, certain factors are affected by how many frames they occupy. If you're playing on PC at 60 FPS instead of 30 FPS, your weapons will degrade twice as fast and some enemies will attack twice as fast. Whoa. Um, Riff from Video Games Hot Dog pointed me to this Reddit thread, and there's a link, uh, that suggests that the ambush area on the way to the chariot boss, one of my favorites, by the way, are, is much harder than on console uh, because they attack so much faster. Oh, oh and I like mm-hmm. the Skeleton Lords uh, because their name is awesome, and the best way to beat them is to be confident in your attacks. The chariot guy reminds you of that one boss from Majora's Mask, and he is really fun. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, one area that doesn't need to be harder. <laughs> I, I had them chain pull more often on console than PC, yeah. but attacking mm-hmm. attack speed, I'm not totally sure. Yeah. Is could that be a function of just your you've been playing it for a month or? <laughs> that, that definitely could be. <laughs> I'm just I'm just no no better than that. But I haven't noticed my weapons degrading super fast or um, enemies attacking twice as fast. I'm interested in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Huh. No. It is uh definitely a thing where they it, it uh, ostensibly they engineered it for. 60 frames a second on PC, like PC was the lead skew. However, that seems to not be the case if so much is tied to the frame rate and how many frames of contact. So, I wonder if there's like a weird... No, go ahead. I was just going to say it's worth it even if it does degrade your stuff because it looks so good. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. I wonder if there's like a weird speedrunning thing, like if you intentionally like drop it to like 20 frames per second and then you don't have to repair your weapon or they don't attack as fast or something. Yeah. Hmm. Almost like a tool no assistant. Yeah. yeah. Or like uh, those old uh, like Quake competitive play where they brought it down to the wireframe. <laughs> yeah. Like make, make it two frames a second and you get to read it in ten minutes. Uh, which, mm. not really that much of a difference because the fastest speed run is what? Half hour right now? Mm. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, that'll get patched out yeah. soon enough. That's Have you guys watched that? No, I know of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're a big technique in it i watched it this morning while eating breakfast um is doing the trick that lets you walk on air but you parry someone and then use them as a ramp to get up <laughs> into the air like it's just incredible like the Ooh. things he, things he's doing like i'm just like wondering why he keeps parrying this guy and uh eventually he just starts walking in air using him like as a stepping stone oh to start floating. wow it's super cool yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it is uh it's really impressive to watch huh. yeah and I, mm. I, I almost guarantee it will get patched out. Hmm. But uh, it's pretty neat. Yeah. <laughs> Seth says via contact, Huntsman's Cops is where Dark Souls 2 really stood out for me as a unique Souls game. The atmosphere and enemies were so unique, as were the forts. Also, something about the way the poison blew out of the trees onto me uh, made me wonder what had happened to this place. It is sad that I was holding off on liking this game until it proved its specialness to me. But this area was the one that started my love for Dark Souls 2. Uh, moths happen to those trees. <laughs> also, Earth <laughs> yeah. and Peak. Like, I can totally yeah. see this just being a blighted, like, poison forest as a result of runoff. But yeah. Hmm. Yep. Runoff pee. pee. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately for me, I, I went and did the uh, the cistern kind of thing just before I went and did the copes. Mm-hmm. So I was a little over leveled when I first encountered this area. Oh, yeah. So I just didn't get quite that special feeling. You mean when you went to the pit? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which yeah, is completely the wrong way. To go. <laughs> God. Uh, um, is this is this me or this is Murph? This is Murph. Okay. So so Dave says the Huntsman's uh, Huntsman's Copes is one of my favorite areas. 
The rogues, in particular, are notable for their use of camouflage. I like how they sneak through the trees, throwing poison projectiles, and jump out of darkness to ambush you. They're one of the only enemies in the game that appear to be hidden in this manner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Love those bandits. Yeah, Yeah, not not too much to add, but you're right. Mm -hmm. Um, Emily says via contact. Um, although Huntsman's Cops is a remnant of the old Iron King's era, the artificial undead are actually created during Vendrick's reign. Uh, the full moon sickles they carry are fortified with Braden's, bread and steel, <laughs> an alloy unique to, uh, Drink Lake that was created during attempts to mimic the metal found in Hate Armaments. Armaments. Um, the appearance of an Aldian warlock in the area, Merciless Rowena, may implicate the notorious Lord Aldia, Aldia as the mastermind behind these abominations. Yeah. Um, the, the, the interesting thing, cause the, the, so I, I think the LDA is definitely in here. I don't think of these areas as chronologically separated so much as spatially. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. just because that map, that map is such a huge thing for me and the, um, you know, all these are different, just, just different kingdoms at different times, you know, thing. Cause you're just traversing such a, a huge area. Like there's no reason why the Iron King and, um, Vendrix reign couldn't have existed at the same time or after, but in either case, like they are, separate like there are separate things that happened mm-hmm. you know if that if that makes sense like i don't think that the we could be seeing you know uh, a force that came in later you know as opposed to like the same way that we are like vendor could have showed up thousands of years after after this was a thing mm-hmm. or at the same time like we just don't know yeah you know mm-hmm. um yeah. yeah i mean pretty much aldia did it like when it comes to anything in the game like aldia just does everything and aldia is responsible for all the stuff yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Or uh, Pharos. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. yeah th- so. Mm-hmm. Henry H. says via contact, I think Huntsman's Cops is one of the less interesting areas personally, and it is not without its issues. The biggest thing to stand out for me is the tree that you push down to get a shortcut back to the first bonfire. This tree is right next to the second bonfire. I guess an intern must have designed this part. The boss fight is cool in concept, and yet I think it uh, it is easier uh, than the run up to the boss. Uh, on my first encounter with the skeleton lords, I took out one of them before a wheel skeleton zoomed from off screen and turned me into mincemeat. I beat the <laughs> game a second time, damning the skeletons and their oppressive feudal system. All in all, <laughs> 10 out of 10 boss fight. Can't wait for From to rehash it in the sequel, but this time it's a whole skeleton <laughs> parliament, a constituency of skeletons, a confederacy. I'm still my beating heart. <laughs> <laughs> confederacy uh, of skeleton dunces. Yeah. <laughs> mm. See, I would have gone with the murder of skeletons. Yeah. Give it to me. Mm. Skeleton hot dogs, ladies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I the um yeah that 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 uh, tree thing is dumb. Yep, yeah. I t- totally agree. Like that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, it, it could it be that this was like an area that they had in the beta, and it's sort of, I guess maybe has a lot of early design aesthetic, as opposed to like some of the later areas. And they you, you played the the beta, to... right, Cole? Yeah, sorry, I don't. Sorry, I don't have. Any was the rec- second bonfire there? Yeah, it was there. Okay, I don't okay, recall there being. It. <laughs> yeah, I don't recall there being a, a, a shortcut there, though. But then again, I, I didn't know. find the shortcut until much later because there was no need for one. So yeah, I mm. like I just didn't notice that the tree was activatable because there was really no reason to approach it. In fact, you know what? There was no shortcut there because I remember making that jump. Mm. Yeah. So, mm. so so without that tree there, you can make a jump down to the second bonfire without going through the uh, through the dark ambush room. Yeah. Hmm. So maybe hmm. it's something they added in response to play testing without actually thinking about how dumb it was. Yeah. 
it's it's mm. no big deal. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it is it is annoying. It's yeah. when uh, we were first talking about this on um uh, on Facebook, like mm-hmm. a lot of people brought up that tree. Yeah. as like you know this like Dark Souls two sucks. Mm-hmm. One out of ten, worse than SimCity twenty thirteen. Yeah, like, EA fucked about? us like, again. It's a it's it's not great. Yeah. it's not airtight, but it's mm-hmm. you know it's a small part of a greater whole. So yeah, yeah. Where's Perf. your god now? Sorry, Murph, go ahead. He's a skeleton lord. (laughs) He was always a skeleton. Um, Henry B says via contact. Oh, Henry H and Henry B. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got fooled by FromSoft on the skeleton lords. I saw three enemies in the boss room and immediately thought, I remember the gargoyles, man eaters, and the four kings. Kill them fast. Big mistake. I found myself swarmed by skeletons quickly, and then to my horror, Bone wheels. <laughs> Thankfully, bone wheels aren't so nasty this time, and I was also able to kite the horde around the boss room. Still, this was the first time in Dark Souls Two when I cursed Skyward. Dark Souls. <laughs> uh, oh. hmm. Yeah, I do think they 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 nerfed uh, bone wheels. Game is ruined forever. <laughs> Fuck yeah, that they, tree. They, they don't go as far as they don't do as uh, much stam- stamina damage. Like they don't spin, they don't hit you as many times yeah. when they hit you. Um, uh, this is a change I am entirely for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember, like, I was remember reading on on Facebook. Um, this is only tangentially related, but somebody was complaining about um, in Dark Souls Two how many bosses have um, smaller creatures yeah. that fight with them. Um, and I was just thinking about like how often that actually that happens pretty pretty considerably in Dark Souls One as well. Yeah. Um, you know, when you think about um, you know Capra is the obvious one. But also Nito and Taurus Demon has those two archers that are optional to take out. And then you have the, uh, the Channeler and Gaping Dragon. And, uh, you know, there are several fights that actually have, you know, smaller critters, uh, yeah. with there as well. It's a kind of an interesting idea. Like, oh, that's not really unique to, uh, to Dark Souls 2. Like, that happens in Dark Souls 1 as well. Yeah. I, I think um, what gets people up in arms, and I'm not one of these people, is that it's small creatures kind of combined with bosses that are not huge. Yeah. Not recognizing that the best fights are when you're kind of on more equal footing. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. And there are ones that I think are, are kind of like, I like the, the, um, skeleton lords a lot. When we get to a prowling, prowling magus, like, yeah. I think that boss fight doesn't work, you know, as well. Like, I don't think that's, there's as clear an idea behind that. And as, as much as it's a cool, you know, it's cool in concept, yeah. it rehashes essentially the skeleton lords, bit, yeah. you know, in a lot of ways. Like, just what is it like to deal with a lot of the stuff at once? Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's more just kind I of like mean, a hard work. In Dark Souls 1, I don't think the, the smaller enemies are even done as well. Like, they're always kind of there to say, fuck you. Like, the like the dogs, the archers, and, like, the sniper. Like, those are all fuck you guys. And meanwhile, in mm-hmm. Dark Souls 2, the smaller guys are part of the boss. is like an int- integral experience. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It, it, it doesn't bother me. Like it is, uh, it, like it bothers some people. It's also in that uh, yeah. Matthew Matosis uh, critique video, which is pretty good, and I like that guy's work. But like, he gets mad about some stuff that I don't, you know, that I disagree with him about. So, not to, to ask the ask the S, you know, DS too much, <laughs> but the um, not to, to ask the DS at D. Um, <laughs> there you go. Work it out. All right. Um, <laughs> Sound athletics. You're good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, Zach says by contact. 
Um, I really get, I rarely get angry at video games, but when the bone wheels showed up in the skeleton lords fight, I made an exception. I spent the next two minutes loudly talking shit to virtual skeletons <laughs> as if there weren't other people around who could hear me. Um, when I first got to the, the fight in New Game Plus, I died after killing every uh, everyone except for one bone wheel. Fair enough. Oh. <laughs> like, fair enough. Oh. I, I'm, I'm picturing a scene where uh, Zach is in his room and his mom is sitting on the couch. And he's just like, fuck you, bone wheel. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, S this uh, D D S. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, just because I want this in the uh, in in one of the show notes, peaceful skeleton realm attacked by helicopter. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's 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 great. That's been on there before. Like it's not moratorium, you know. So like it's it, that has shown up multiple times in our show notes, and I think this is probably maybe the last time. Yep. But I'll throw it in there because it is it is worthwhile. Yep, and it is also the most appropriate spot. Yeah. yeah. So get get if you if you've been holding off reading that specific show note, uh, <laughs> please read, read it this time. So. Mm. It is an amazing video. So so moving into uh, kind of the undead purgatory responses, uh, Matt says via the contact forum, I feel like the executioner's chariot boss fight might be the best iteration that From has done of the 4-2 and catacombs concept. It gives a strong sense of urgency to eliminate the necromancers because of the boss and the switch you need to advance to. In contrast, I felt like 4-2 uh, felt very intense in short bursts, but then it would give you respites that eased up, creating more of an up-and-down rhythm of the tension. The catacombs just didn't seem to work because of the divine weapon method, uh, but even without it, there were plenty of shortcuts and just less urgency. Here in Undead Purgatory, uh, the sequence lasts the appropriate amount of time and stays at a tense level throughout. And, you const- and you're constantly torn uh, between the need to advance and quickly uh, before the chariot makes another pass and the need to also not just leave a bunch of infinitely responding enemies in your rear. Um, it made me feel a little bit like I was seizing bunkers one by one as I advanced across the battlefield. Um, at least until you pull the lever, the second half of the fight, uh, of the fight just didn't seem as strong. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like four, two a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I think four, four, two works really well. Yeah. Um, you know, but this also works well. Like, uh, I think this works better than, than the catacombs does, at least as far as the concept. For sure. Mm. So. I definitely would agree that the second half of the fight doesn't live up to the first half. Like, I don't know. The, the boss seems to not have a lot of damage or doesn't seem to have a lot of hit points. Like, there's not a lot of strategy other than fuck, 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 and then and then he's dead. Yeah, yeah I, I think me, part I of like, the, the boss fight is figuring it out, yeah. you know, I guess yeah. is the idea. You know, but then, then once you do, like it, uh, it gives you a little bit of a reprise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, thank, thank you, Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, you know, not to, I'm not trying to jump on you about that. I just like four two a lot. Yeah. I think four two works really well. <laughs> um, yeah, and do you want to close us out? I think we're on Cole, uh, Jonathan, Murph. Murph. Mm-hmm. All right, no, all right. Uh, Titchy Gren is by far the creepiest NPC I've encountered in a Souls game. There was some th- uh, there was something familiar about his voice, but I couldn't put my finger on it for the longest time. But it hit me the other day when I was watching cartoons with my son. Dude sounds just like Winnie the fucking Pooh. <laughs> that shit is fucked. <laughs> hmm, I I don't I don't quite hear it, but then again, I don't listen to Winnie the Pooh all that often. <laughs> 
And I'm sure if you have that much of, if you have that close of a relationship with Winnie the Pooh cartoons, you probably start reading all kinds of, you know, dark stuff into it. Oh yeah. You know, the thousand that's, skeleton that's, wood. Yeah, that's true. Sign <laughs> <Hire> me up. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's, let's go take it. So yeah, so thank you everybody for your responses. It is by far, uh, not too late to write in with your responses to either the, um, Sinner's Rise or the, uh, Grave of the Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to do that, you go to uh, duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Yeah. And um, Murph, if people want to find you. Uh, they can find us at dorknight.com or the Dorknight podcast on iTunes or Hours Played, another podcast uh, that I do. Video game kind of reviews in quick, short form. Mm-hmm. They come recommended. Mm-hmm. Um, so just in general, I know we want to keep our admin short on this because we're under a little bit of a time, uh, crunch issue, but, uh, there are other shows on the network. And if you want to support more work like this, talking about dark souls and other video game and non video game things, we have a Patreon campaign, which is uh patreon.com slash duck TV. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Even as little as a dollar a month makes a big difference. Most soy um, yeah. And I, I think that's probably good for, for admin. So uh, we have some deleted scenes and that are short but very sweet. <laughs> and and uh, they're coming at you now. <laughs> so the world might up. be mended or mm-hmm. sundered. Seek misery. Sundered. See, yeah, do something. Skeleton. Therefore, hooray for skeleton. It sounded like you were about to say Skelefornia. <laughs> Come on, California Cation. <laughs> Skeleton Lord. bones, bone, a bone, a skull town. Do you have a lust for blood? Cool. Yeah, I learned this is unrelated, but I learned how to play the Gabriel Knight theme on this little toy piano next to my keyboard. Oh, don't, hold, my, don't hold out. It's like, um,. Just that beginning part when it does yeah. that little thing. And then whenever you get a clue, it goes. Yep. Whenever you like pick up a thing. Can you give me a grace? Yeah. Uh, grace. <laughs> Gar- <laughs> Gabriel, what is that? What are you doing, you pig? <laughs> oh, he's stuck in a loop. Do you have a lust for blood? Hi, Gary. Hi. Nerfster. <laughs> the old Murfman. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been murfing away in the Murf mines for you guys, bringing you a whole sack of Murfs. Yep, yes. fresh, fresh Murf loafs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Murf carts overflow with Murf loafs. Oh no! I mean, at least with Smurfs, you can turn them into gold. <laughs> yeah. What can we turn you into, Murf? <laughs> uh just just quality podcasting. That's that, yeah. that's really bizarre because I was having a conversation about the Smurfs today. My coworkers would not believe that they were Belgian in origin. Why not? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it took very little persuasion, yeah. at least in the form of a Wikipedia link. But they thought, huh. But one of them said, but that was such an American cartoon. And it's like, well, like, you know. In in what way? Like American yeah. cartoons were all guns and selling toys. Yeah. And Smurfs was all classical music and like. Fables is the, the I, least I'm, American cartoon. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I am not vouching for their position. It was just a bizarre conversation to have. Well, wait, yeah. you, you've you, you know about the the anti-war Smurf ad, right? Uh, no. 
Oh, so apparently it's either a single panel or I can't quite remember if it was a full comic. But there's basically this canonical ad of like the Smurfs being bombed. And like it's just like you wouldn't do this to real people or something like that. (laughs) I I would do it to Smurfs. I I just like Smurfs (laughs) um, as constructs. Like, you know, I watched the cartoon when I was young, but I don't like looking at them or anything. And now they're definitely more of a force for evil than good. I mean, <laughs> well, with their Neil Patrick Harris's and stuff, with them being oh, shipwrecked God, and yeah. such, with their Katy, with their Katy Perry's, yeah, exactly, just booty <laughs> shaking, yeah, oh, Smurf works, oh. mm. Mm. yeah, but uh, that 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 was worthwhile just to reveal to them that the original French name was Les Strumps, yeah, Les Strumps, yeah. Yeah. They're also it's it's also really annoying that they're three apples tall when they're clearly not. Oh yeah. Like there's no sense of proportion in that fucking show. How big are those mushrooms? <laughs> those are uh those, yeah, those, yeah. Yeah, just don't just don't give a put a measure on it, idiots. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we understand that things are small and like just leave it up open. They're just playing it fast and loose. It's really upsetting. Yeah, uh. Well they should be playing it fast and loose, but they're trying to play it high and tight. Yeah, yeah. And that. Well, I mean, I it's, it's like, like, what the fuck's up? You know, what's the fuck up with you know, cubits? Like Noah's Ark. Give us, give us some, give us something to look for, God. Yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah. The, oh um, God, speaking, yeah. you've evoked <laughs> speaking a memory when I, when I, when I news? worked in a, or went to college in Clemson, South Carolina. I, I flipped it to an AM radio station, and and much to my chagrin, there was an old Baptist preacher, quite literally denouncing the Smurfs. <laughs> as as tools of the devil because the cat's name was Azriel, which is a, the name of a demon, I guess. The, yeah. cats so, hate, the cat hated the Smurfs. Yeah. I know, but like he said, that's how the, the demon gets in your kid's mind. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was also the name of like the dumbest character in uh, X-Men First Class and X-Men Comics. Yes. Oh. Also Jason and, Lee's character in Dogma. Yeah. Wait, is that yeah. isn't that the person that Peter Parker sold his marriage to? That's that's uh that's Mephisto. Oh, okay. Yeah, not right. to be yeah, confused he's... with Macphisto, Bono's alter ego <laughs> from the the Popmark tour. But the um no, the Azrael is uh, Nightcrawler's dad in one of the all-time worst comics um, oh, by Chuck Austin. Where like it's Nightcrawler's dad is Satan that can teleport and he needs to get out of hell and into the earthly realms. And the way he does this is by going to Earth and having sex with a bunch of ladies. So they'll have babies that will be drawn to him to teleport him out. And you get a star if you can see what's wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. Like, it's pretty fucking dumb. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, Lord. Just uh, straight Zeus in it. Yeah. yeah oh. Well, also, you, you know, you can go if you can go to Earth to, to have sex with a lady, you can yep. just go to Earth. Yeah, you don't need to hope that your kids will come back one day and spring out. Yep. Like, yeah. is was it guaranteed that they would have teleportation powers, or was he just banking on the fact that one day there would be a mutant, and maybe his mutant power would be teleportation? No, they they all have teleport powers. Like the comic okay. involves Nightcrawler and a bunch of Nightcrawlers, all <laughs> like in a, all in hell. Don't cheapen um, the best character. Come on, it's it's so dumb. I, like it's, it's Nightcrawler awesome. is so much more interesting when he's not actually like. Explained. Satanic, yeah, yeah. He, well, he's because he's not. You're right, yeah, Chuck Austin. This is also Chuck Austin in the um, supplementary material for X Men Two. 
um, did an interview where he said Nightcrawler has two penises. One hundred percent true. Like it's not. Like, I'm sure it's not canon, but that's. They're like they're doing an interview with Chuck Austin. He's like, well, let's just. Uh, he's like the interviewer is like Entertainment Tonight or some nonsense. Is like, can you tell us something about Nightcrawler that no one else knows? And he's like, uh, well, you know how he's got three fingers. He's got two of something else, if you know what I mean. And kind of winks. He's got two toes. <laughs> yeah. So he's, like a, he's like a snake. <laughs> he's one of those bifurcated cock yeah. men. <laughs> <laughs> like a you body know. mod guy? <laughs> yeah, you know those guys. Yeah, yeah. Jim yeah. Road Psycho Circus motherfuckers. God, always running around the neighborhood with their motorcycles and their spray cans. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fucking up yeah. authority. And Twice they're Judas Priest. I want to make an animal farm joke, but I can't quite compose it. You're not bifurcated, right, Murph? You have to tell us. <laughs> well, I am part possum, but they don't call me possum. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, my. Because we consider ourselves pretty open-minded, but that's, yeah. that's yeah, yeah. a bridge too far. <laughs> just can't just can't stop thinking about it. Um, There's um I listened to a podcast where they were talking about that guy on Reddit who just had two dicks. And on the podcast, one of the guys on the podcast, it's visual humor, so it shouldn't even have worked on the podcast, but you have to imagine it. I was like, here, let me pull up a picture. And he showed the guy in the room the picture, and all you hear is laughing. And it was because what he actually Googled was a picture of two hot dogs in one bun. <laughs> <laughs> very fucking funny. It was Adam Scott of uh, Parks and Recreation. Yeah. He's a very funny man. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> so innocent. Yeah. Huh. So good. Ooh. Hmm. Man. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. And yeah. also in um, – so – just in transitioning out of nowhere. So I come home today and my uncle or my uncle-in-law has sent me two packages and I'm like, huh, this is just weird. I don't usually receive packages, but he sent me about, I would, uh, maybe one, two, three, I'm looking at like 10 box sets of old dark sun material. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And it's uh, the Mind Lord of the Law of the Last Ocean is probably yeah. my favorite so far. <laughs> that's, yeah, man, that's a good, good, fun time. That's the like probably like second best D and D setting or what? It's up there. Like, I, I love so, that. Yeah, I would agree. I'd have to say Planescape. Yeah, Planescape, and then Raven. I like Ravenloft a lot too, but Dark oh, Sun yeah. rules. The, I, um, I think. Yeah, Planescape edges it out because I like the art. Yeah, uh, Tony just here Elzy. Mm-hmm. Stuff and everything. The um the guy who ran our really long running Planescape campaign is doing um a Dark Sun campaign next. I'm super excited. Oh wow, yeah. Hmm. And he said it's gonna be a fucking meat grinder. Like it's gonna be all of our characters like you know kill this person for water or you die. You know <laughs> it's just gonna be really really play up the harshness. Mm. So yeah, I, I ran a, a Dark Sun campaign once as well, and it yeah, who it's. <laughs> Just dark, you know. All right, do you side with the slavers or the well, the also slavers? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, other slavers. That's the uh, the post apocalyptic D anD D setting. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. all it's all psionics and stuff. Mm. It's got it's got psionics, but it also has you know thrycreen. Like all the elements look stupid, <laughs> but it actually works. Like the like the whole idea is like you you start out super shitty. So like your guys start out with like 
weapons made out of bone that have negative twos. And then, like, you know, you get to the end of a dungeon to get a metal dagger and everyone in the town wants to kill you for it because it's super valuable. <laughs> like, lowered expectations. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I, I don't want to, it is post-apocalyptic, like, technically, but it's more, like, primitive desert kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the Wikipedia now. It's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a just a big old mystery box of D and D settings. Yeah, it was great. It was like, yeah. oh, I wasn't expecting that. It's the kind of thing I want to come home to. <laughs> that, that that uncle's a keeper. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like he and like uh, no exaggeration. When I went to visit him for the first time, I had this you know sleep in the the basement downstairs, and there is literally a room filled with file cabinets. And all of those are filled with just D- second edition and third edition D and D books, <laughs> and and you know stacked on top of that is even more. Yeah, that fucking sh- like if I was like a certain age, like that's a Shangri La and a half. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, you go to a relative's house and and sometimes it's very boring, and then just like I'm gonna go stay in this room and I would just hang out. You know, like I can just imagine myself in that situation, just hang out in that basement. Oh yeah, oh, like, well I mean late at you know it, they everyone you know is old, so they went to bed early <laughs> yeah. and. So I was just, you know, up at night and being like, oh, what's this crazy planescape setting? <laughs> oh, the elemental plane of salt. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> two um, volumes, uh, actually, huh? Hmm? <laughs> no, just two volumes dedicated to the plane of salt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, and a full-out pull-out pull map. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. three, three different species of zodiac bears. <laughs> Well, the, the bear is actually only in the Chinese zodiac. In the Western zodiac, there's no bear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my. Oh lord. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, man. it's a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna move that we get. I have a, a soft time limit of probably okay. about two hours and fifteen minutes from now. Okay. I think I think we'll be able to make it, but I am gonna say we should probably start. Yeah, yes. let's um all right. Enough of this nonsense about no, no. it. It is fun. This, it was it was a no. dense supplementary material. <laughs> no, let's let's get back to the real hard fantasy now. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. None of this mm. dark sun nonsense. <laughs> yeah. And we all pray that we will have far more soon.